Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show and an episode from The Vaults. That's right. With nearly 500 episodes under our belts, I thought we could revisit some of the conversations from The Emma Gunn Show archive that really resonated with you, but that also cover topics that are central to this podcast, a hunger for knowledge, positivity, overcoming obstacles, and striving to be the best version of ourselves. If you are a long-time listener of this podcast, you may remember when this episode was first published. You may have even listened the first time around, but I'm aware that new people find the show all the time, and with hundreds of episodes in the back catalogue, it can be quite the task to catch up. So for this series, I'm bumping these conversations to the top of the feed. What better conversation to release from the vaults for Christmas 2020 than the one where I metaphorically herded kittens. So that's right. For your entertainment, I give you Nadine Baggett, Trini Woodall and Caroline Hirons. My intention right from the beginning of this year had been to get these brilliant women together and record another installment of this, given how so many of you have told me you enjoyed it so much since it was published two years ago. This first was published in November 2018, seems like a lifetime ago now. And I was going to surprise you, my most excellent listeners, with it as a Christmas present. But then, well, you don't need to tell me that the task of getting these already hard to diarise women in the same room at the same time became a hell of a lot harder in the early spring. So that had been my my little secret project was, I know I'll record in the second half of the year and it'll be a Christmas Day surprise. They're back, but, you know, couldn't make that happen. I had thought about doing a Zoom call, though, but you'll know that um, everyone's been busy. Twinny has been absolutely manic, but she made the time actually to share her feel-good habits a few months ago. Caroline wrote a book. She's become a grandmother. She's had a really busy year, and Nadine has also been absolutely frantic. So trying to get us all together on a Zoom call as well seemed like such a hard task. So a little while ago, I decided that the real treat would be to do this in person as a priority when it is finally safe to do so then that will be the real magic. So I'm sharing this conversation with you again on Christmas Day because many of you will be adjusting to a Christmas that might look very different from the ones you've had before. If you're not with friends and family as you had originally planned, then I hope having this conversation as company as you prepare your festive feast perhaps will bring a smile to your face or at the very least make you feel a little bit better about your day. Or if you're surrounded by people and want some me time with some fabulous women, then could you really do any better than hiding yourself away with Caroline, Nadine and Drini? I mean, it's a treat, right? 
This conversation covers everything from relationships, self-esteem, skirt length, confidence, business, and so much more. Um, I long to hang out with these wonderful friends of mine again soon. And my Christmas wish for you all, my most excellent listeners, is that you get to do the same with your nearest and dearest soon too. So let's revisit the most unscripted, who knew what was going to happen conversation I ever did record for your audio pleasure. Please join me with gleefully welcoming back, sort of, Caroline Hirons, Nadine Baggett and Trini Woodall to The Emma Gunn Show. Do you want to close the window or not? No, it's fine, it's quiet. And I'll sweat. <laughs> the kid has just opened a A naked person has just opened a window. Have they? Mm. Anyway, go for oh, it. Let's stop recording. Um, thanks for joining me in this uh, very different environment. Do we have to sit like this? I don't think so. I can still hear you if you don't, but probably, yeah, closer to the mic the better. Listeners, we're in a studio today, which is different from the usual setup of me just turning up and... Putting it on the floor. Literally, or on the kitchen table, or on the desk. So, Nadine Baggett's in the room. Hi! <laughs> Caroline Hirons is in the room. Hello! We've just had breakfast and a very mini debrief. We're expecting our fourth guest, who... Who's currently doing a live in, a <laughs> in the back of a yellow taxi. <laughs> Guess who that's going to be, people? <laughs> but this, this podcast actually has come out of... Um, Question. What's her It's brilliant. When you've got Invisalign, you do what you've got to do. That's how Also, she has got are. beautiful teeth, so there you go. You do. I feel a tooth video coming on. Mm. No, thank you. No one needs to see that. How I got my perfect teeth. Um, this came out of one of those question thingies. You know the question sticker on um, Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Caroline's miming foam down. Trini just tried to call me. Oh, great. So she's downstairs. Um... It's, it's really easy to get into this building. I'm just going to crack on. So the questions, one of the um, questions that came in from listeners... Oh, here she is. Hello. <laughs> OK, clunk. Um, Hi. Uh, are we already we're, on? We're on. Trini's just we're walked on. in wearing the most spectacular silver oh, coat. I am just, I'm just like... I, I'm I a, think the coat is wearing Trini. Uh, the coat's probably wearing me because I, I can't... You know that's something when you love fashion so much that you're prepared to not be able to eat to wear it, so I cannot It will rustle on my arms. So you might want to take it off, my it's, darling. It's, it's, I love it. I mean, it's, it's silver. It is silver, and I tried it on for... The Telegraph did a shoot, and I wore it on the cover, and I loved it. And then the woman said to me, it's... £17 million. Pounds. I said, forget it. And I went to a sample sale and it was there and I said, how much is it? And they went 50 quid. I went, you kidding? Overpriced See, you tell me those kind of stories and it just gives me the rage. It gives you the rage. Yeah. The rage of like, you yeah. know, I think what happened is nobody wanted to buy this so they didn't make it. You can <laughs> really? understand because what designer is it? a piece of chicken and some tinfoil. No, really. I like it. Yeah, but Caroline, you, you're a woman after my own heart. I you'll go for neon, you'll go a bit of sparkle. You can pull it off. Oh. I would just look like all Maybe you should take it off, actually, because you look like you've been arrested and you can't quite move your arms around the back. So. I could already be in the... Um, <laughs> in the straight jacket. Yeah, in the straight jacket. <laughs> but I have to say, I came here in my Trinity London taxi, which I want you to see. Off. I know, we saw and you online. I've got wardrobe in oh. I've got so many Gorgeous things. velvet this suit as well. She's revealed... Then, she's taken the jacket off to reveal a velvet suit and more sequins. And, and a crop top with a belly button. Well, no, it's not a crop top. It's because the top is so tight, I can't get the arms through it, so oh it's all God. ricocheting it up. So if I go down again and try and pull that off. Where's your velvet suit from? I really like uh, it. Really see, nice. It's the first time Nadine's like something of mine from the high street. She's always looking... No, it's, it's black. It's because it's black. It's black. <laughs> also, can I just say, I filmed with Trini yesterday and we had a little conversation about fashion 
rules because I had distressed jeans on and I think she was intimating that I was too old to wear distressed jeans. <laughs> then she intimated I was too old to wear a miniskirt. So guess what oh. I've got on today? Because oh. don't oh. tell oh, me work it, I can't wear it because I will wear it. Wear it. I've got you opaque tights on. But that's not a pussy pelmet that I was referring to. That's oh, a miniskirt. Oh, you I didn't mention the words pussy pelmet. A pussy pelmet. I've got a few of those in my wardrobe as well. Yeah, that's it. Your daughter's going out. How do you help her to avoid the pussy pelmets? No, I just say I can see your ovaries. Go put some clothes on. Do you? You go right up the top. Don't you? you know she leaves yeah. the house and then instantly rolls them away in a bag. Go no, and then she's puts t- back she's on what she wants. Now. Luckily, she she appreciates a good jean. She is my child. Okay. Yeah. Distressed jean. jeans, though. I, I admire your gumption wearing those around Trini. Everything I had no distressed. idea that they were. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am distressed. The most distressing in the back of that cab was my face. Don't worry, it wasn't my jeans. Very good light. I, I looked over it afterwards. It was great light. I said, "It was." I have that light tomorrow, please, and you can give the bad light to somebody else. Lighting is everything, which is why you're. I'm. You and I are probably quite distressed that the light is behind us. Yes. They are. They are lit. But yeah, luckily, this is a podcast. Yeah, we've got faces for radio today. Yeah. Yes, faces radio. I was going to bring somebody in, Chloe, in to film it because I thought it'd be quite mm. funny because I did a podcast yesterday with Joe Elvin and Jane. Names, and I keep getting the name. It's it's called um, Is It Just Me? But that's mm-hmm. their podcast. And um, so Chloe filmed it, and people are funny about film podcasts because mm-hmm. like we want the podcast to go out first. But Chloe filmed it, and it was actually the most disgusting podcast ever. You mean as in well, just subject, you know, a little bit rude? Not, there was quite a few rude subject matters. Yeah, really, very few rude subject matters. But, uh, but the thing is, it was weird right, to film so it. It was X-rated. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to put it out actually. Um, but it, it's um, <laughs> oh, no. it's the thing about when you see a podcast that where people are focusing their attention and their their um, everything about the words they're saying mm-hmm. and not the movement or. Anything, it's I, fundamentally I different from us because we're TV people, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. And so, whereas I'm perfectly happy sitting behind a desk. Oh, uh, you're pretty one person. You're yeah, pretty, you're pretty so happy on camera. Are you, not as well. a, are you not a YouTuber? Do you not talk to camera beautifully? Yeah, but I do. But it's like totally on my own terms. Totally on your own terms. Also, if I see you okay. pop up on my feed one more time talking about a specific beauty brand, can I just? I've obviously, I've obviously liked this beauty brand, oh, and I'm now. A, I, Everywhere. Oh, yeah, can I, I what's the name of the beauty brand? No, again? don't do it. No, 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 no. no, 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 no,
Yeah, I remember now. And actually, I did. So what? We can say. Why the fuck can't we say it? What? Uh, can we not be honest here? It's they're great products. Yeah. I really like their Japan. But also, I went back into Facebook when it started age appropriating my ads, oh, and I went back in and took my age off mm-hmm. because do I want life insurance? Yes, breast uh, augmentation. No, 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 no. Mine was incontinence pads. Oh. H R T and a funeral planning. Funeral I'm like, planning. I got and I was like, no, I'm sorry. I'm off. Fuck off. I'm taking my age out of this I, let's stop <laughs> scheduling my ads like I'm going to die or wet myself because but I have no plans of doing anything in the near future like is, that it is what's interesting is every company now in their ad campaigns all they're doing is they're giving Mark Zuckerberg another private jet so all these yeah. this money is going into Facebook to do these ads and it's very very difficult now then you want to target somebody Targeting, so being the brand that would be in front of that, being the brand that would be in front of that, costs you so much more money. So all these companies who have relied 100% on that are now in a position where uh, even going for investment for second or third rounds, businesses that are building up, and if they show sort of over 70% of how they get their customers through Facebook, people are getting less interested in investing because they're thinking it's going to crash and burn because but it's, it's going to become... No, but it's going to become so <coughs> expensive to get in front of that person and advertise to them because... That's uh, what they you, do. They give it to you cheap and then they charge you for mm-hmm. it. It's strict, strictly business. But, it, like but, no, but it's not even a question of giving cheap. I think it's more that... I think our vision 10 years ago, like how I absorbed what I what I decided to buy in my life was magazines at the hairdresser, mm-hmm. magazine subscriptions, mm-hmm. um, TV advertising, small amounts, mm-hmm. um, TV friends, editorial huge content, amount. Yeah. You know, so there was this very broad vision and people could try and get to me through any of those things. And now that is more tunnel. I have not picked up a magazine in two years. You really? Know? Yeah, Caroline I, I, I is really the only person I know. Well, I follow, yeah. I, 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 I Ironically, read your posts. That's oh. the only way I read hello. And I it's love it. It's the best. <laughs> it's so fucking I have good. staff got, members. I've got current, a new bingo now. I have current and ex-staff members of hello, which is where I worked obviously for 18 years secretly DMing me going this is everything that every member of staff thinks but is too frightened to say about oh, hello I'm just do it even it's more just now. genius yeah. no it's never stop it's please it's never great. stop people are like can you do it with gratitude okay and I'm like no hello it's is not it's the same it's, it's in its own world it's its own yeah. and I did I revised the bingo one of my readers did a hello hello with Hiram's bingo and I just tweaked it, made it bigger on an A4, so I could literally tick off the boxes. And that, that one day, can we one. all do it live? One of my yeah. favourite things though is when you're going through the party pages at another party we couldn't afford to. We're not rich enough to be at. Whatever. A party yeah. or too poor to attend. Too poor yeah. to attend. Yeah. Trini's really usually there. <laughs> I have. Where have I last been in Hello Magazine? But Trini's slumming I, it with us today. I have not been out literally to a party for about a year. Too busy building a business via Facebook. I, I, I go out once a week at lunchtime with my partner, and I might go out every three weeks, one night, and that's it. We must that's do it. another day at that Italian restaurant, which, by the way, is some of the best food I've ever eaten. Really Lucia's cool. Fulham Road, really yeah. good. Yeah. Really good. Not that he'll give me a cheaper bill, but Should anyway. Should we let Emma get a while in edgeways here? Sorry, I Emma. I feel a bit like Yeah, Emma. No, I just need it. Actually, I've been wanting a morning off. This is fabulous. <laughs> so, four, well, four strong women around a table, around a podcast, um, mic. Uh, someone's vibrating. You need to put it on to who that is. I'd like to permanently vibrate with some transcendental meditation, frankly. Yeah. Do you do transcendental meditation? When I was 19 and having a bit of a bad time in life, I thought, will TM fix it? But it lasted three weeks. Did it give you... I like a bit of vibration, but it has nothing to do with meditation. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, for God's sake, that didn't take long, did it? Yeah. Did, it did you get your own special word? 
Uh, I did get my own special word. Yes, I did. I'm thinking very seriously about doing it, mainly because... Well, it sounds like you've done it already if you know your own special word, Emma. No, I just read the blurb on the website. Right. Is this a 26 Herberts? <laughs> no, maybe. No, no, that's over do soon. Yeah. Ask Ben about it. Ask ben. Oh, your Ben, does he do it? Well, he's... He, yeah, he's, he's really? In a, yeah, he's in a big, massive self... Not self-help, self... Uh, what's the word? Improvement. Not, improvement is probably better, yeah. Okay. Well, um, I listened to an interview with Bradley Cooper... And he said that after he started Transcendental Meditation, he, in a, in his dream, in a dream, he saw the opening scene of A Star Is Born, and that was the starting point for that movie. Yeah, because he'd seen it in 1976. <laughs> sorry. Also, Bradley Cooper is a knob. No, is I'm he? not saying Bradley Cooper's a knob. Oh, no, I am. Like, I said that. Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry. I quite like him. I, I like mind. Bradley Cooper. I like him in Hangover Cure. I did like Hangover. Oh, you love a trashy Hangover. movie. Yeah, I love a trashy movie. Bridesmaids, my favourite trashy movie of all time. Oh, Best it's too, it's too, too close oh. to the bone for me, Bridesmaids. Why did it you has, vomit it, at a wedding? It has a couple of brilliant scenes. The, the, okay, here's the thing. Too much information. Yeah, but the can... scene where the mum on the plane is talking to the other one about how she has sons and she cracked a sheet the other day, that was my life for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Caroline is now putting lip gloss on. She's yeah. just taken tablets. She's, yeah. she's, hey girls, there's no she's tablet had, here. What she's I do had breakfast. She's flossed her teeth. Lost my teeth. The Invisalign is going to go back in in a minute. No, I don't think I will because it might make fine. me a bit lippy. But you're very They're looking very good, free. Caroline. Yeah. Yeah. And I've just yeah. taken she's them out to have a breakfast. Looking beautiful. They really How are looking good. Oh, I'm nearly done, and then I'm going to get them whitened. And my my doctor, my dentist said, "What shade?" And I said, "One shade whiter than John and Jovi." Yeah. <laughs> okay. Have you got to have the the retainers at the back? The oh, I'm yeah. sure I will, because yeah. yeah. the bottom teeth were the ones that yeah. were a problem. I don't mind. Sorry, Emma. Do you Sorry, want to get Emma. back yeah. to what this Hi, is let's about? Start talking about oh, look, a squirrel. Teeth. Where are we at? <laughs> it's because Trini's wearing sparkles. Everyone's distracted. But Trini's yeah. always in sparkles. I'm true. immune to it now. True. true. My whole cab at the I'm moment is full of sparkles. Can I, I, just I tell you have eleven sparkle outfits. Sure. You just stand next to her, and the light reflects onto you. Oh yeah. yeah I can actually go. It's like a human I disco ball. Look, I can be <laughs> Caroline's light. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a tatler shoot yes not not my first time can you tell right so yeah strong independent women around the table um on recent podcasts i've had loads of feedback from people about how they have been very inspired by a lot of the guests on here are women talking about how they've either set up businesses or how they've come back from pain or adversity or what have you and i thought this came out of the Instagram live, I think I started saying that about 25 minutes ago, where somebody <laughs> said, where I Sorry, said... Sorry, Emma, we'll be quiet now. <laughs> well, not kind of the point, but yeah. Um, where I said, who would you like me to get on the show? And several people said, Nadine, Caroline, Trini, all in the same episode. So this has actually been a little bit in the making. But Trini, you have established and run your own business pioneering in the beauty industry or stackable pots you've got a yellow taxi outside yeah <laughs> just I'm deciding not to kind of promote myself as I travel through London <laughs> um but it is I think for me it was that sense when I started it I was already 50 mm. and I'd had probably three careers up to that point so I'd dabbled in um, commodity trading which I was absolutely terrible at and tried to be a man didn't work out then I did sort of pr things and then I fell into um, being you know having a column in the Telegraph and doing telly so I kind of knew I'd always wanted to have something that that there was a brand mm. you know that I could kind of physically see all the time that that people would have even when I was asleep they'd be doing things with that mm -hmm. there's something incredibly exciting about that and then I'd always kind of you know stack my little pots and done my makeup like that and I just you've got to do I think when you're doing something where it's going to take all your energy 
you've got to have such an unwavering sense that this is what I want in my life, I need, I use. It's got to come from your core. Mm -hmm. And I think that you need that, and especially if you're not 30 doing it, because you're driving. I now have a, like a team, and there's about 20 people in my office, but about 12 of them are under the age of 26. Their children. And their children. I even have my nephew <laughs> in there who's 18, who's like the most irritating company mascot ever. Oh, is this... Uh, Luke. Oh, no, no, this no, is Luke. No, Ross would be insulted if you said he was that age. But anyway, Ross is now his boss. But, but Luke, red-headed mad boy... And is that Luke who we filmed with yesterday? Well, Luke we filmed with yesterday. And what's interesting about him, he came in, and apart from trying to chat up every boy, girl and everything and, and ruin our lovely manic office, he's actually incredibly good at quite a few things. And so I every day I've, I have to hold my tongue when I want to say, Luke, you're not all on to do, to do that, because then you'll come out with something. And I'll think, fuck, he's right. You know, just a little... <laughs> it could be technical stuff, but so... Having the energy to drive that team, you need to live and breathe. You can't half-ass your you brand. You can't half-ass yeah. it. And, it's um, exhausting. And it's it can be exhausting. So, so I don't think you know, there are many people who've worked as hard as you have in the last I year. I think many people do, Nadine, but I think I do it publicly. Yeah. <laughs> you know maybe, what I mean? Maybe. I think many, many women do, and many women who start a business... You know, it can be incredibly difficult. I've had a couple of businesses that have crashed and burned. So mm -hmm. it's just, you know, it's very difficult to do it and think. And also the hardest thing, if it's kind of growing really quickly and you have one bad day in mm -hmm. sales or something, to not think, oh, my God, my business is collapsing, but to realize, actually, look at all these women using the product. Look how many... 20,000 customers you've got mm -hmm. in a year and they're all using it and just then that makes me think okay so it's to look at the big picture to look at the medium and to kind of be aware of the immediate things you've got to do but mm -hmm. not let them drive your direction well this is another thing about this particular group of women because I have Caroline and Nadine specifically on a whatsapp group and I feel like that group keeps me sane yeah. because I work for myself I create I make my own living and can you I can be on that WhatsApp room? No. We can, do, we can have our own. But we'll do a separate one. Because there's way too much. It's just way there's too much. There's history and shit on that. There's a lot back of the swearing. <laughs> you won't okay. see the history. And, be be and beauty insider stuff. Yeah, but wouldn't you would be actually... Yeah. for you, Trini. <laughs> Why? You know, you're slagging some things off. No, never. No, never. But, so, <laughs> getting back to the point quickly before we go into that particular chat history, I feel that I need my women around me, my yep. strong, independent yep. women who've been there. And if I'm having a, a weird day, Nadine, you'll sometimes say to me, if I, if I told you this time a year ago that you'd have this problem... You, you would have been like, fine. That's my most common thing I say to you, isn't it? I always say you have to look back a year and think if you could imagine in a year's time you would be where you are now, you'd be so chuffed with yourself. But it's hard to, mm. you're always looking forward to the next challenge. And I think that's one thing that all four of us have in common is we very rarely pat ourselves on the back and say, look where we've come. We're just constantly thinking, yeah. right, where's the next what mountain? Else? Yeah. I just yeah. need What's to next? scale that next mountain. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's occasionally when I say to you, as I just said to you, you're one of, you are without a doubt one of the hardest working women I know. Your first instinct was not to say yes I am it was to say but I'm sure a lot of everybody does it but I'm sure they don't Trini yeah. well I I think but I do know that every brand owner does that yeah. and every obsessive brand owner I know does that yeah as and well. everyone woman in different industries and you, you know in all our ways we do that we give it our all that's why we're sitting together in this room and having a bit in common because we feel that sense of drive mm -hmm. and it's kind of it is so important to take that moment mm -hmm. you know and I just 
The it's thing I need to, to learn every yourself. day is take that moment. Of That's just why I think you have to build a nest of strong women around you who help you with yeah. it. Because I think you can also become quite isolated when you grow a business in that you don't see so many of your friends. So like mm. I realised between when I was pre-launching it and when I launched it, I gave a lunch for my girlfriends for my birthday and I realised I hadn't seen any 16 of them apart from one in that whole year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. And I just thought to myself, I've got it because we don't, you know, people before, or well, maybe this is just me, <laughs> but people before would use the phone more and, and people yes. don't use the phone so much mm. now because they feel they might be interrupting and it's kind of weird to make a phone call. I never thought we'd get to a place where we might think it's weird to make a phone call. And the joy of the unexpected phone call is that somebody would catch you at a moment when maybe you weren't going to call them up to feeling shit and they'd say, you don't sound great, what's going on? And it gave a moment for you to actually be honest and mm. say, I'm not feeling great and ask for help. And so... When it's all by text or email, you have the opportunity to sort of not perhaps reveal as much that you might think, I'm having a really difficult day. And then you don't end up sharing that difficult day with enough women. So that's where I'm at. So that's why I said, can I join your WhatsApp group? Because, <laughs> because I lack that. And sometimes if you have women in a very different space and have a different pace of life, it's hard to share it with them. I'm making a WhatsApp group as we speak. Okay, it's fine. But it's, it is no. the thing that, that I, I do notice that change in, in how we communicate. Mm. And it does affect. It's quite strange things. because if I, it is true, my best friend lives in Leeds, and if I we WhatsApp, and if I call her, she answers the phone and says what's wrong, because she that's yeah. our level of communication now is, yeah. and uh, you know if you're texting someone, the tone if you say I'm having a bad day, the tone could be someone's just died, mm-hmm. or yeah. I just got spilt my coffee and stuff. Eighty percent of communication yeah. is yeah, exactly. non-verbal. So, so if you can't yeah. hear the tone of voice. So, yeah. You're kind of you don't, and then you, you if you are going to send a message, you don't want to seem dramatic. We're all we're all sort of built in to not be drama queens, you mm. know, unless you're 16. And um, and so it it's it's strange how you know 20 25 years ago my entire life was on the phone, yeah. mm. and now it's looking mm. at the phone. Mm. Well, you see, I'm one of the few people that still phones. Well, it's good you phone. I, had, I do phone, and I think I phone because I have long nails and mm. I'm terrible at texting. <laughs> and in the end, I just get so annoyed with first, myself, yeah. and I just go, "Oh fuck it, I'm going to ring yeah. somebody," and I can almost hear them looking at the phone going what the hell is Nadine calling about and I go See, I'm sorry weirdly, if you called me I wouldn't think there's anything wrong because I know, <laughs> no, because you're, you know we're phone me. people yeah. because we're phone people and then I <laughs> automatically just say but the first thing you do when you phone somebody is you apologise for phoning them you go I'm terribly yeah. sorry to phone but I'm just useless at texting can we just talk or in the case of this one over here Guns we FaceTime and yeah. then I always apologise for the way I look <laughs> I, love, I love a bit of FaceTime I, I, she she she's she's completely unapologetic. I think this is something that it's interesting how we use Instagram to let people know how we're feeling. So my daughter, who lost her dad four years ago yesterday, um, I said to her at the weekend, do you want to go to the, you know, the, um, the crypt and go mm-hmm. and see him? Mm-hmm. She said, I don't, I, I don't know. She's Scorpio, very like that. And she's well and happy, but there's one area she doesn't talk about. It. So mm-hmm. then gorgeous post on yesterday. her Instagram, she put a, post, a picture of her self and her dad saying I miss you every day with a heart and I just thought "Mm." Mm. so then I thought I want her to know how much I get about her dad too and weirdly the way that she could see that you posted normally Mm -hmm. I wouldn't post because I'd feel it's quite a private thing but I posted and tagged her because I wanted her to know that was the kind of way and it's weird how that's the communication so I'm having communication with my daughter so she knows how I'm feeling about something through an incredibly public platform Mm -hmm. Instagram 
And then also friends of mine who I hadn't spoke to ages then sent me messages because they saw what day it was. Yeah. Whereas I hadn't shared with anyone mm. what day it was. So it's enough. just interesting. I was, I was at different generations yeah. and how they and communicate. You had, you, I was you at my mother's funeral yesterday. Oh. And so... Were you close to her, Caroline? Really close, yeah. yeah we sort of yeah. don't get me started. So, okay. But, but we... I was the only sort of my kid, my Max put a post up, and everyone in the family was like, "Oh God, Max's post," because obviously it's such private. Um, at when she actually passed away, because you know the funerals, if you're not Jewish or Muslim, it takes four years to actually bury someone yeah. in, in England. Um, and I said to my husband, "I'm, I'm not going to put anything up publicly because it's not my mum." Yeah. You know, I was very respectful of the fact it's his family, although they're very much my family. I mean, I've known her for thirty years. Yeah. Ultimately, it was about my husband and my kids you know I, I was sort of third in the tree because it's their grandmother and his mum but what was weird for me was not sharing that because I do share quite a bit and if mm. it was my mum I would have put a picture up and said you know my mum passed away I'm going offline da 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 but only really as an acknowledgement that people the other thing was in our case is if you don't put something up people assume it's much much worse like it's one of your children or yeah. you know something um, you know and like god knows it was as pr pretty much as bad as it could get you know I'm not in any way trying to take away from it but I do think when you're talking about Lila, there is a, that is how they communicate. And I have this mm. ongoing laugh, just to lighten the tone, yeah. as a mother with parents that I see new parents, God bless their souls, <laughs> they know nothing, <laughs> on social media saying, I limit my child's iPad time. Yeah. I'm like, well, actually, what you're doing is cutting off their social interaction. Yeah. Because that is when you're yeah. dead and gone, and even in 20 years when they don't care about you, yeah. And they, or 15 years when they don't yeah. really want to know you, this yeah. is how they communicate. Yeah. And I say to people all the time when they have babies, have you bought your child's domain name? And they go, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. All of my, good. I all own Ava Hirons, Max Hirons, yeah. I own all their domain. Yeah. Well, I don't, I gave it to yeah. them. Because what if 10 years they want to communicate, they want to own their own name? Yeah. I this know. is how they communicate. Mm. It's technology, you know? So yeah. I think. But then there is also a reason Lila. why that entire generation is full of anxiety and FOMO and stress and depression. But you know, no, I think that's the generation above Nadine. Yeah, Teens do. are totally on it. The 20 somethings are the ones that are screwed. They're yeah, the ones I with agree the FOMO. With you. But I think it's because they don't understand how empowering sitting one on one or in a group of people mm. is so that's real communication and, that's the problem, that's and real the bonding and real strengthening. Do that's a. Um, Mr. Noma, not Mr. Noma, when we read Song Nadine. But so Lila's 15, and you know, she will be watching Modern Family with me, playing with Sims on her laptop yep. and on Snapchat. Mm -hmm. yep. And a part of me is thinking, please don't divide your brain that much because then every little bit's going to have a little bit less. But that's how her brain is wired. You can see people in Korea, they have a sort of withdrawal unit they used to have for mm -hmm. teenagers in Korea. for for their brain moving the pattern of the brain because it's so much of, of our yeah. short-term memory is being used for certain things mm -hmm. so we can't remember things so well. But that's kind of how it is right now. And with Lila, she has the strength of friendships even more so than when I was her age because she's much more confident than I was at her age at school that are physical friendships. And, you know, I, I don't know if it's because she goes to a boarding school, not a day school, mm -hmm. but there's a real... So they spend a lot of time together. A lot of time together, and I went down for her birthday, and they'd sort of put photocopied pictures of her all along the corridor, and then we all did a cake together. And, and you know, I just felt the love for her, and she has 
the depth of friendships that we might have with mm. other women and they still communicate you know still she'll do 20 things on snapchat yeah, in three seconds in three mm. seconds because snapchat you know if you want to keep up on the bfff yeah. and keep that record unbroken you thread. need to keep through your thread <laughs> no and that's just a way I'm of lost. communicating yeah, yeah. No. but but and so it's the just same and her female friendships are rock so solid strong. rock yeah. solid they're, they're fine i think it's once you leave school and go to work uni and go to work or live with your boyfriend that's when females in particular become get the FOMO and mm -hmm. get the, the and, and I, I look at Twitter and more Twitter than Instagram because Twitter tends to be where people moan about Instagram which makes me laugh <laughs> yes that's so true <laughs> our hearts are still with Twitter yeah. aren't they Caroline I'm, I'm, I'm not a Twitter I was never a tweeter but no, I look no, at Twitter no. and I see all these people in there sort of there's a general age group but you know it, it is a little bit millennial and I don't want to generalise but it is a little bit so what, we're talking what 2020s to early 30s to early maybe, 30s who are yeah. kind of stuck so you know you either they kind of probably thought that do I embrace it or don't I embrace it and then they don't embrace it and they don't do it as well as the people that are younger than them like yeah. Ava I remember really in the early days Ava showing Jonathan's Coney Jolie how to snapchat and what it was and he was just like I don't know what you're doing and she was like what oh my god you're so old boom 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 you know mm -hmm. so I just mm. think it's um I think teenagers get a bad rap and the majority obviously there's beef you know mm -hmm. they're teenagers mm -hmm. who doesn't have a raging hormonal teenage you know mm. but they have their circle of friendship is so strong mm. You know, I think there's almost like you have a big, really good circle of friendships. You maybe retain one or two that you're still friends with when you're our age. But that messy, murky land in your 20s, I would never go there again if you paid me. No. And no, also, I I, when I grew up, I went to also to a boarding school. And all, like 50% of my friends lived in other countries. So I'd never see them during holiday. Didn't know what they were doing. Lila is every single day communicating with every single one of her friends, whatever yeah. they are. Yeah. You know, she's never not communicating with them. It's like when people say I hate Facebook. I love Facebook because mm. I know there are 200 people on there that I would have lost touch with who I've worked with in retail in London who all moved back to where they're from. Australia, yeah. LA. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I've got friends all over the world yeah. who... Yeah, you they, you may not have a birthday dinner and invite them, but you would stay with the kind of people... You know, the kind of relationships where... <clears throat> You don't go on holiday together, but they would be gutted if you died. You know, it's yeah, kind of like yeah, a yeah, yeah. happy <laughs> I like, land. I like that in-between description. Yeah, I like that very much too. <laughs> so we've got Trini starting her own business. And for you, Caroline, it's you are constantly having to juggle plates, not juggle plates, spin plates, mm. I feel. Feels like juggling plates, I think. <laughs> you're, because you're constantly giving to brands. You have, you have your channel, you're a brand consultant. You do a lot and you said something really interesting, Trini, that I want to ask all of us about, which is about trying to trying to be a man. Because running your own business, some of those qualities, and when I had Alison Hong on the show recently, I sort of tentatively said to her, you know, to be a woman in business, do you have to have masculine qualities? And she said, you have to have successful people qualities. But some of those can sometimes be defined as being a bit more masculine. So have you ever been labelled a ball breaker? And at what point did you say, I'm unapologetically direct, I'm unapologetically good at what I do, and I'm going to say it how it is, and that does not make me a ball breaker? When I became a consultant, when I realised that actually I'd had a couple of years of my decisions were right, but the brand had gone the other way, and what I said would happen had happened, and I mm -hmm. thought, I'm good at what I do, I do know what I'm talking about. And the only reason you're not paying attention to me, I think, could be because I'm female. <laughs> And could be because I'm your employee. Mm. Mm. So then now I, you know, people pay me to tell them how they're fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> or hopefully before they <laughs> to, fuck to up. To be fair, it's yeah. not a lot of mine. It's much more business strategy. But I will tell them if they are. You know, mm. I've, I know I've saved brands thousands and thousands of pounds. Tens of thousands. 
where I've spotted something that they were just rolling with because they didn't realise the implications or, you know, or I've been honest about a product and said, actually, this is a bit shit. Mm. And then they've tested it and found out that labs were ripping them off and it wasn't what they thought it was. Mm. And But the brand is surrounded by employees. And yes, mm. people who were saying, oh, no, I love it. It's the best thing I've ever used. And I was like, no, it's not. But speaking <laughs> your mind, that's a muscle that takes a while to develop. I d I've definitely had it. And you know, I've, you won't name it, but I had an experience this year where I was banging my head against a brick wall and in the end just went, I give up. But I... Was giving and Nadine and I were ready to set fire to the building. <laughs> <laughs> it's local to me. It would have been easy. <laughs> what are we talking? No, no, I'll tell you what. In the taxi afterwards. But, <laughs> but basically, I, that was the first time I'd ever had a, an experience in work where I came away from it and I thought, actually, I'm really confident in what I was saying. Mm. I'm confident in what I was you doing. You were spot on. I'm... Go, I'm not going to apologise and I tell you what else I'm not going to do I'm not going to modify modify my behaviour and try to be liked I'm no. just that's yeah. not part of the equation you anymore. see I've always been <clears throat> a truth teller but I just silenced myself for years and it's one of the reasons that I became self-employed so I, I was, don't like to upset people you're well, yeah, exactly but that's, so but this that's, is what I'm so going so to say so I was 20 training of you as a journalist as a, no as a woman as, as well a, as yeah. a woman as, as a well, woman right, and to, as a journalist to, so we were yeah. Trini and I were chatting about this yesterday because Trini was pushing my buttons deliberately to try and get me to be out to go out of my comfort zone so she was like what product what is there one product in the world that you think is a complete rip-off and in my brain I'm going I know I know four or five do you want me to say them and she went like she basically metaphorically pinched me in the ribs and went say it and I just said it and then I wake up at three o'clock in the morning and I just go and then I wake up in the morning and just go oh for god I can't believe I just said that so I've always been a naysayer and a truth teller always mm -hmm. inside mm -hmm. but I've been trained as a woman and I've been trained as a journalist and I've been trained as a respectful kind of member of this grow mm. a wish grow a backbone where you've got a wishbone mm. one you of Caroline's favourite things um, and I was made redundant when I was 29 and it was the best thing that ever happened to me because when I became redundant when I was made redundant A it made me stand on my own two feet but also I and it pushed me out of my comfort zone also it meant I never had to go into an office so I could always speak my own truth. Mm -hmm. And even when part. I used to go back into an office, I would go into a big meeting at Hello or Marie Claire or wherever I worked, and within 15 minutes, I've just got this internal dialogue going, no, I don't agree with that, I'm not mm -hmm. gonna say this, I'm gonna mm -hmm. get up and leave mm -hmm. because either you will listen to me or I will walk away, and that's why I love being self-employed mm -hmm. because I'm only answerable to myself. And I'm absolutely, Caroline's right, ultimately, because of the way I've been raised by a 1950s housewife, mother, I want to be liked above mm. all else. So it's much easier for me just to disengage and do my own thing, where I where I inhabit my own authentic truth, as a hip hop generation would say, or whatever yeah, you know, a trans a transcendental meditation would say. Oprah, and that's Oprah why and that's why I'm happy doing what I'm doing and being self-employed, because I just. I can't, I literally, in long enough, I don't know how you do it, Caroline, I can't keep my mouth shut long enough. Me either. Yeah. There is definitely an area, though, of... Bless you. Bless you. God, we're such women. There is definitely an... Oh, and again. She's very demanding on the sneezes, is Trini. There'll be a few more. Um, there is definitely an air though, of uh, when you take emotion out of an email, like a man does, mm -hmm. as a woman, I, it took me years to not double-check and think, does that sound too aggressive? And now I'm like... I come across as I'm the least aggressive person mm. there is, but and I say that knowing that people think I've had my, my one of my family members said to me yesterday. I said, "Where's your son?" -so? And she said, "Her boyfriend." And she said, "Oh, he's scared of you. He doesn't want to come in," <laughs> which just made me laugh. I'm like, I'm the nicest member of the family. And she was like, "Yeah, but you would kill him if he upset me." And I'm like, "Well, that part's true," <laughs> you know. So, but I am very. Um, 
I, I think I, I do do a lot of business. If you looked at how I do business, it is like a man, because I'll just say it how it is. But the and that's seen as aggressive for a woman, but wouldn't be for a man. It's seen as aggressive. That, that's but the, the underlying thing. current is I still. But I, I'm doing kind of. I do care about the people mm. I'm working with. I could never work with a brand I didn't care about. Mm. I couldn't just take money for the sake of it. That would be easy. You know, I might do the odd consulting day for a huge corporation, but I don't mind because they're a huge corporation. Mm. But, but it's it, definitely an air of sorry to interrupt. It's definitely an air of, you know, it took me years to go. Oh, should I say how are you? No, because I don't care. I'm answering your email. Like, how are you? Like, we're not friends. We're in business, so mm. we do that a lot. I get I get so many emails. Can we make sure we touch on the emails that you get that start, hey, hun? Yeah. Oh, no, no. Did you have a good weekend? Hope you had a good weekend. You don't even know who I am. You couldn't tell me the name of my kids. Please don't ask how my weekend went. Mm. And that sounds really bad, but that's how you get through your email. They, you know, boom, 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 boom. Mm. Just, it's business. And I think a lot of women confuse business with, I want to do business, but I still want to be liked and I don't want to upset anyone. Mm. And you can't do that on YouTube. See, I, I was talking to someone the other day who runs their own business and just, just I just bullet point it in emails. Because if you bullet point it, then it just it's an action list. Yeah. Whereas if you do, if you write those bullet points as like two or three paragraphs, it can come across yeah, as two direct. Yeah, good idea. Good point. Which I thought was very interesting. Because then it just it appears the format and everything just looks like right. We're taking these things off. But there's but definitely think, a confidence that comes with age. Like we were you literally Honda, just read my that mind. No, is a oh complete sentence. Which yeah. I saw. I saw that on Oprah originally years ago. Obviously, Oprah's stalker. And oh, no is a complete sentence is perfect because when you're a woman you say well actually that doesn't really work for me da, da, da. whereas the power of just going no it's it's definitely something that comes with age without I had a doubt a, I had a bad example of my kind of thing of I've always been the yin and yang with Susanna so I was always the male negotiating the the, the financial relationships and mm -hmm. Susanna was always the sweet one and with our crew <laughs> the same exactly it was always Mr Nasty and Miss Nice okay that was the relationship <laughs> worked well for us and then. Um, when I was fundraising, you know, there's a thing of, of how you go in that room. And so I said in an interview with The Spectator, I think, and I was just saying about fundraising, and I said, you go in a room and, you know, so for me, it's a lot of the time I'm with a, a lot of men that I'm presenting to for investment. And it's about the bullet point. It's getting it across. So it's, you, you know, we want, all, we want, women always want to tell the story. And it's like, let's just give them the facts. And also being bullish, just saying, I think it's worth this because of this. And so I said this stuff. So I go into an investor meeting and the guy, and then I'm doing this and he goes, are you um, doing the spectator article pitch? <laughs> and he'd read it. I was like, oh, what else did I say in that pitch? <laughs> About pitching to men. I was like, thought, what, Trini, why did you just open yes. your stupid You should have said, yes, mouth? I am. Thank but you I, for proving me right. But I think that <laughs> we get to a stage as well in our life, and it depends what's happened in your life. It yeah. depends how many boxes you've managed to tick. But I had many years, I'm going to meet in a minute Erica Davis, but she, I was looking on her feed just saying she's talking about imposter syndrome, and I hate titles of things, but... When I came out of rehab at 29, it wasn't called imposter syndrome, it was just called tap me on the back and find me out. Um, but it was that sense that you had built everything on sand, you know, so mm. you didn't feel the confidence to convey your, your gravitas in that job ever. And I did have that for years because I went not knowing what I wanted my career to be and I did this and then I did that and I went back and forth on things that I didn't stay long enough in jobs. So it was only like when I was 31 and I literally started over and then got a lucky break and then did it for you know seven years and then felt like you know you got to a place Caroline where you felt I know what I'm talking about mm -hmm. and then I think because that coincided with me reaching 50 and just thinking there was this very nice book in my loo in my grandmother's house called 
when I'm 60, I can wear purple. Okay. <laughs> but it was like this woman in this purple feather boa. And it was sort of, for me, a lot of women like are fearful of getting to 50. And for me, I had this utter sense of totally not giving a shit. Yeah. And it was such a freedom to not give a shit. So, you know, like my slightly younger COO, sort of if I'm quite tough with somebody in the office, you were tough with them. And I'm like, Mark, I don't give a shit. They had to hear it. You know, I I don't have, maybe I'm thick skinned. There are moments I might go home and think when I've sent 19 emails on a Sunday to a member of my staff, but saying in the top of the subject email, you don't have to open until Monday, Mm. but still they're getting 19 emails Mm. from me. Is that too much? And I'm thinking, no, no, because I've got a brain dump and I just need to brain dump. So I then went in the office one day and I said, look, if I send you all emails over the weekend, don't feel you have to open them unless it says open now Mm -hmm. because they're for Monday. But I need to do that's my process. And I need Mm -hmm. to kind of I have the idea. I have to send it to you. But there's something refreshing about not caring. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what helps you to have that sort of. And that's why a lot of women get to a certain age and then they start. When I say women of a certain age, I mean that as a compliment. Yes. I don't. I'm not insulted when someone calls me a woman of a certain age. I mean, yes, I'm a woman. Mm. I'm not a child. I'm not a girl. Hey, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I just I can't do the whole babying, which is why the whole. But what is a good word for it? Because I had a woman this morning when I was on my way here and she said, I'm a middle-aged woman, and I just said to her, don't use that bloody word, because I have, to me, that has a connotation. Yeah, so does, they're, they're right. used in a derogatory way, yeah, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, so a woman of a certain age is like, it feels like Oscar Wilde has said it. Yeah. You know, there's an element of a woman of a certain age. <laughs> but what is the... I'm a what grown is the, woman. Oh, you've grown up. I've grown up. <laughs> I'm a grown-up. I say I'm a grown-up. Grown grown like I'm also a woman. I'm just, just a woman. Like woman. I like women. You know, What's wrong with women? Everyone tries to... I mean, the whole Victoria's Secret show, everyone tries to make us like... I'm so sick of seeing women fucking wrapped up in bikinis mm. as a gift to men yeah but why is that you know? show kills oh, me can we just talk about that show it's for a still. second it's over they've killed themselves now it's done but it was, see, I don't think they have I just looked at it and I just thought sadly I'm not on the side you know, of it's, it's, girls, it's literally like 1980 happened yeah. again like where are the plus size women where are the older women and 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 where are the trans models trans, think, it's oh, ridiculous you, they could lead the way their reach yeah. they could lead the way mm. and they're shooting themselves in the foot because eventually society will catch up with them because Ava used to love Victoria's Secret. It was like, oh, fun, da 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 da. Yeah. And now she's like, oh, I need bras. But she didn't even say, can we go to pink or Victoria's yeah. Secret? I just, I need bras. Yeah. You know, and she's only 16. Yeah. If you've lost them at 16, who, who's going to grow up with you and shop in your stores? But I found that when I saw all the razzmatazz around it and then I saw the interviews afterwards, they were trying to put words in these poor me on model's oh. mouth about empowerment. And I feel empowered when I do this. And I just thought, bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> It's just crazy. I just looked at it and I just thought, I think that is this generation's Miss World. It really it's is. Like, it you, is. It seems it so really archaic is. to me. Yeah. I think in 20 years' time, we're going to look back and it'll be like looking at our generation, looking back at On the Buses yeah. and thinking, did we really laugh at that? Yeah. That is all so wrong. Yeah. It's crazy. And I just think, but it could. I'm not saying you can't sell underwear. I, I'm not even saying that there shouldn't be an underwear catwalk. But for God's sake, can you reflect the women that are actually in your shops mm. occasionally? Have yeah. you walked around Victoria's Secrets? Mm. Yeah. There's not yeah. Adriana Lima is no. not shopping in Victoria's Secret. There's Secrets. no Lily Aldridge. In, There's no Lily Aldridge. In, in the uh, Manchester Trafford Centre, Victoria's no, Secret. No, there really isn't. No. So come on, let's just embrace real women of different sizes, different shapes, different colours, different... Come on, for God's sake. The last acceptableism is ageism still. Oh, it's totally acceptable. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. not to me, you can go fuck yourself, but it, it is acceptable to society. Yes. <laughs> like me saying on Facebook, I'm being targeted by co-op funeral care and tenor lady care. Ageism. I'm sorry. Ridiculous. Yeah. Although, to be fair, tenor lady could have come after me because I have mentioned wetting myself about 15 times. <laughs> sorry, I want to understand tenor lady is what? 
Tenor lady, little nice little incontinence pads that you would know if you had four and tenor they're babies. Tenor, tenor lady. T-E-N-A, tenor lady. Totally this episode of the Emma Guns podcast <laughs> is brought to you by Tenor Lady. Tenor Lady. You know, if you, if you cough Why did they come and go, up with that oh, name? Tenor Lady. Laugh so much you're going to wet yourself. <laughs> you should do more radio. <laughs> um, I don't know where to go from Tenor Ladies. That was really good. Now, I was going to talk about age again because I've always been very passionate about my job. Always. It's always, it's always been my defining feature, as it were. And... I definitely realised in the last couple of years how all of that, com- not confidence, but all of that passion I had for my job. And I would always wonder, why, why is no one listening? It's because I wasn't old enough. So mm. when I hit 40, I was like, bring it. Because with that comes the authority of experience, yeah. of having made mistakes mm. and of, of actually being able to say what you think and someone going, oh, yeah, yeah, because you had that thing happen, didn't you, like eight years ago when you were doing blah, blah, blah. That I found incredibly empowering. So I find age a, r- a really positive thing. You wrote in my birthday card, the best is yet to come. I'm excited for 50. Because I just think, God, if 40 was so game-changing, what's 50 going to be? And I also think it's really important for women to be really honest about their age. It drives me mad when women say, oh, you can't ask a lady that. Uh, because what I intend to be is is the Madonna for my friends. So I had Madonna growing up. She was always six years older than me or whatever she is, four years older than me. And that was really important. I had somebody who I could look at and go, oh my God, so getting older is a positive thing. And I just think for you, Trini, for you, Caroline, we are that of your generation. I'm the oldest of my friends by at least 10 years. And I'm the first to be honest about how old I am, what work I've had done, when things go wrong going through the menopause because I didn't have that growing up. Nobody. But can I, I say what's also really good is when you're 80, all your friends will be like 70 and they'll look out for you. I mean, i got to say... My so mother, are you saying my, they're going to wipe no, my backside and change no, my tenor ladies? I the importance, anyone out there at any age, cultivating younger friends. Oh. I think it's there's a, there's a Cultivating friends of all ages. I, uh, my mum has uh, seen our um, vascular dementia. She's in a home. She's 87 doesn't remember anyone, but she sort of weirdly remembers people from many, many years ago. But but she has three friends that she met in her 50s who were in their 40s. And they there are the ones who visit her the most, mm-hmm. and do mm-hmm. stuff with her. And I just thought, hey, I've got to start that cultivation because a lot of my friends are my age, but not that many younger friends. I need to know. I want to. So if you have any, you can pass on. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just like, Emma, Emma, how old are you? 41 in six Can weeks. I please be on that WhatsApp group? Of course I need to you can. But really before, before you become her... Then you can buy me my tenor pad. Before you become her friend, you have to sign an agreement. I have a group of friends also, including Paula, who works at the Barclay, and Kate Hudson, who used to be at Golan. And they are really good friends. They've been friends forever. And they've got a little agreement that if everyone ever... If either of them go into hospital and they're on a sort of, Do you know, life, yes, they will go in and wax each other's chins. <laughs> and that's oh, when you know your yeah, friend, right? Good, yeah. I, I, I have that with my girlfriend. You I'll have to have tash. that. Yeah. Save tash, yeah. Just, now, talking of which, can I have a very satisfying moment this morning, having spoken to Emma about facial hair. Mm. On Friday, I shaved my moustache off and then I took my Philips Lumea and zapped it on full board obviously super high strength five times each time this morning they started to go through I pulled them and they just fell out because I killed that root such a satisfying moment can but I can just I just say, say you shave your you have to shave before you IPL I've shaved my tash since I was 13 I'm leaning across listeners to feel if she's spiky no spike at all mine is you shave how often every day 
You just do a little... Just do I only do it in You never decide to do laser? No, laser hair, were they dark hair or pale hair? I am going to... I'm going to I have said to Teresa Tommy, OK, the tash is migrating to the chin and I, I know my eyesight's going to go and I don't want a beard, so I'm going to go and see Teresa and get Philip it all Slimea. laser. Philip No, it doesn't do it for yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, it I've only got... Go six, I'm go I've got chromed. six dark menopausal hairs, but yeah. I have a proper beard yeah. and I thread every three weeks. Yeah. You're thread. fluffy like me, aren't you? You're the white fluffy, Like, here I can feel now. You know that moment... We're all feeling our chins, listen. My, pa- my partner, my best friend, will go up to me, and sometimes when he's being sweet, he'll go chinny chin chin. And on days when I know I'm now coming up to Caroline and just doing like a little child under her chin, but um, I know when I've got a bit of lot, and I sort of pull away. But from they him. never notice. Oh, I need they, to do mine. Uh, the actually, advantage to dating a man your age mm. is their eyesight's go. What? <laughs> the advantage to date. I would never date a younger man. The advantage of dating a man your age or slightly older is their eyesight's go. Because yeah, you know the other thing. I have to say to my boyfriend eyesight. the whole time, and he goes, "Just a second, I need to put my glasses on. Yeah. I can't even see you." But can I, I just, barely know who you are in the room, Nadine. My friend, my male friend, got totally new lenses, which is different from having your eyes lasered. Mm. Getting totally new lenses <gasps> is like you have a twenty-four-seven yes. brilliant eyesight. So That's I, what Claudia Winkleman had. I was really keen on it because I'm so fed that? up with they replace your lenses. It's One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The 20,000 operation. It's right? huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it means you have 2020 vision. The thing is, oh I, I don't like living my want, life yeah. with my plus two glasses on when no. I do my makeup. I don't like that. No. That, that I, no, I don't want to so get undressed in front of somebody with 2020 vision. I don't know if I want. <laughs> Myself to have twenty twenty vision. I quite like the blurness no. of oh, no. of of no. no just a, I would okay. love my vision back. It's the only thing I miss. I've got no bladder control. Okay, so what do you what do you what glasses like do you wear? wear? Oh, I don't know. But you wear only for reading. No, I'm the only prescription. I read them so I can see the bus before it knocks me over. Okay, but you have a different kind of you have yeah, always had glasses. Whereas yeah. this is just like age, menopausal age, thing. Men- like me. yeah. Mine's plus one point two five. I'm plus two. Are you? Yeah. Although I did put your glasses on yesterday in the back of the cab and, and suddenly, suddenly the whole world opened up to you. See, oh, yes. God, no, they blind me. I have oh to wear contacts. Otherwise, my vision's not great. I've got. So I've you've got always had that, even as a youngster? No, no, true story. I used to be a judge for spectacle wear, uh, spec saver spectacle wear of the year when I was... <laughs> You're kidding. The glamour never ends. And I did it two years in a row. And at the end of each, um, end of each catwalk thing, they gave you a goodie bag. Thank you for being a... Thank you for being a judge. And I was on with like Andrew Barton and Jenny Faulkner and a few other people. Gok Wan was there. And um, there was a voucher to go and get your eyes tested. I'd never had my eyes tested. Went and they said, yeah, yeah, you need glasses. Two years later. They went, yes. uh, Technically, were you never able to read the bus? Well, here's the thing. I can only assume that my brain had just allowed me to compute the world and assume my brain had said, well, yeah, you can see. I'd never thought... I That's can't see. Vision. I'd always like squinted, and I used to get on the tube at Monument, and the 
the way you go into the platform's right at the very end and then the display is right in the middle. And I used to not be able to read it. I just think, oh, the train will come along in a minute. Obviously, as soon as I started wearing glasses... So you never check with somebody, is this normal? No, I just didn't realise. I just, I could look at my computer. I was legal to drive, I hasten to add. But uh, yeah, I, I... couldn't not wear my contacts or glasses. So technically you were too blind to judge the spectacle saver of the year award. (laughs) (laughs) Essentially, oh my God, I'm a fraud. Imposter Someone find me out. Tap me on the shoulder. Get me out of the room. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah. How weird is that? Yeah. It's a little bit like... I remember when I was younger, I used to suffer from excruciating period pains and I used to go to the doctor and they used to go, well, how bad are they? And I went, I don't know. I've never had anybody else's periods. You get, how do you judge something? You see, Is your period light age. or heavy? How do you know? It was at a very early age that you always had the comeback line, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, if, if, Even if I kept it quiet. Room, did you just say that took long enough? Yeah, Scatters. No, absolutely. Saying nothing. Even, even if I keep it quiet I spend I, I have permanent teeth marks on the end of my tongue when did you learn, even now how did you and when did you learn to quiet that uh, when no, inappropriate and when, when inappropriate. did you yeah. learn to unquiet it I think as you get older your hormones change fundamentally and you do the testosterone begins to take over and you just don't you, I have your short shrift for idiots I just can't mm. do it anymore but you say that you I've seen but I've always been marmite I think if you don't, don't ask, I always say to people when they ask my opinion, I say, you don't ask my opinion unless you want the truth. Do you think you're Marmite? I've come to terms with the fact I'm Marmite. I think everyone's Marmite, aren't they? No, no I think there are people that... are Marmite or they're like a really he- healthy hazelnut butter and you don't even want to eat them. <laughs> oh, I love that. I definitely don't want to be a hazelnut butter. Cashew butter. Cashew butter. Cashew butter. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate Marmite, you love it. but... Can I just I say I'm very hungry? How much longer are we going to be doing this? Because I'm starving. <laughs> I mean, can somebody? Another forty minutes. I never. Can I? Can we get? Oh, Chloe's outside. Go and get Chloe. Go and get Chloe to get you something to eat. (laughs) Carry on. Sorry about that, listeners. So yeah, we've temporarily lost Trini. No, she's temporarily lost me. But what I'm going to do is call her up. Does anyone want some food? There was a very nice little restaurant next door. Sure. Just, just Caroline turned just it up with her sandwich. Just soup Next question. She had a poo poo. <laughs> she had a, she had a panini. I was going to say punani. I didn't mean that. <laughs> absolutely true. She has got a punani though. Like a punani is what. And four gorgeous children that have come from it. Right. Well, I had some Oprah questions to ask you as we were strong, strong women around a table. There's whispering. What's that about? I had no idea that Caroline was as wavy as me. Caroline's hair is identical oh, is. to mine. It's well dry, day two, that's why. But you're wavy or you're frizzy? Chloe, oh, my oh. darling, I'm really hungry. Could you get something for us to eat? Right, so. There's my, there's my, there's my money in Can my I say, this is the, the difference cab. between... But what would you like to eat? Anything? I'm absolutely fine, sure? my darling. Sure. No, she's already had her breakfast. Is it that place See, this is the difference. You know you're a success when you have staff. I don't have staff. I have to go and get my own sandwiches. A cup of English tea. Anyone else? Tea or coffee? Cappuccino, Oh, I'll have an oatmeal latte. Ah, and she's oh, uh, Emma Gantz is going to have an oatmeal latte. Gantz is going to become high maintenance <laughs> in old age. I can tell you. And I'll have high maintenance. I'll have a soya chai latte. A, a, a soya chai latte. The thing I love most like about that? this is Trini's doing it into the mic, <laughs> not in so the that corner. everybody can hear. Sorry, soy tea, please, Chloe. Uh, and also, sorry, Caroline's tea right, is a soya so, tea. Um, what are you grateful for, and we'll darling? Start at and this when you so soya tea because Are you somebody who expresses gratitude? Sure. Yes, hundred percent. Kind of also, what are you most grateful? Cappuccino or something. Um, um, I think it's really important. Do you remember when you did your twenty-six habits? I think when you did your twenty-six habits, I think it's really important. And this is something that is just. I don't think about. I don't. I don't read self-help books. This is just something that I know. Question, because I don't think you're going to get it. Right. 
What are you grateful for? I think it's really important when you did your 26 habits, I think it's really important to compliment other people. Mm. And you said this to me, I will walk down the street and if I see somebody wearing a nice outfit or with great hair, I will stop a stranger in the street and I tell them they I love her. Mm. I think she's I, having a stroke. She's like, lovely skirt. What? And, <laughs> oh, I love that scarf. Yeah. You can, but you can mm. tell it, people go, thank you. And I think mm. it's really important. Sometimes they look at you like you're a freak. Yeah. I think you're it's really thank important you. to tell people, and I used to do it when I was a boss, because I'd had bosses that had never complimented me mm. and it was their way of of keeping me in mm. my place. Mm. I think it was really important to tell people that they do a really good job. I think mm. it's really important to tell people that they're talented, that to tell them if they're doing anything in a good way, even if you don't know them, I think it's really important. And the reason that that's important is because the thing I am most grateful in life is my father. And my father, who always had my back, who never told me I was smart or beautiful or clever or any of those things, but absolutely to my very core, I knew he had my back and he loved me more than anything else in the whole world. And everything I am, I owe to that man because it's incredibly empowering. And he gave me the strongest roots in the world that, that will never... You can't break me because of that man. Mm. And yeah, saddest day of my life when he died. But yeah, absolutely so important to empower somebody, not by saying, darling, you're so clever. That's amazing. Don't ever tell somebody they're incredible when they're not. But when somebody does a really good job, they need to be told they've done a good job mm. and that you value that. That's also, so important. Also, as a boss, I always think if you... I mean, part of the reason I can't do the C word, which is corporate in my world. <laughs> we know you do the other C word. <laughs> I can't do the C word because I'm sorry, you're not going to appraise me mm. if you're 20 years younger than me and you got this job because your parents are wealthy. Get out of my face. Mm. I used to sit there raging like, oh, do me a favour. I just need to go. I've got the work ethic of a horse mm. and you swanning at 11. Don't you know? I just, oh, yes. So, but What are my, you grateful for? Well, my big thing is how can you possibly give constructive feedback to someone who works with you and say this is where you're you could do this better if you don't also say to them that was bloody amazing well done yeah mm -hmm. they're not going to listen to you they're going to think all you do is, is is your negative and then then eventually they won't take your negativity seriously mm -hmm. they won't take your constructive feedback that's perfectly valid seriously because they never hear anything good from you and i've worked for too many people in the corporate world who do exactly what you yes. said which is we don't tell them that anything they do is good because, you know, everyone's replaceable and we don't want them to get a big head. And that's what the mentality that within magazines, within TV, within a lot of companies. It just is. Have you is. both answered the question, what are you grateful for? Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm okay. grateful for my father because he okay. raised me with that, gotcha. that mentality uh, that, yes. that you... That you yeah. my, my father worked in a factory. Uh, he was management within a factory, so he worked his way up. And every single holiday, I would go and work in the factory with him and do his sort of dirty work or just go and work on the factory line and I watched the way he managed people mm. and he would tell them if they were crap but my god he would tell you if you were good mm. and those people worshipped him mm. because he empowered them mm. because he he said to them you're great at this you need to work on this and you're absolutely right he was just a brilliant man manager and he and he raised me the same way that is so weird and this is going to have our Oprah epiphany moment and this is why we're good mates because my both my parents did exactly the same yeah. for me my work ethic comes from my parents who Absolutely. worked themselves in the way that you used to. You just worked. You'd go mm. to work, and if you were sick, you'd go to work. And if someone, if you had a family emergency, you'd go to work immediately. That that you know the day after, there was mm. no like mm. swanning around. And no, and both my parents worked in factories, and they yeah. both had an incredible work. And ethic. both my parents were really great people managers, and very. And mum, mum was working in managing restaurants in Mississippi in the seventies. You know, imagine mm. the misogyny mm. down there. Mm. But she every and you know in the restaurant trade and at that time the majority of the front of house staff were a mixture of black and white and the chefs were all black because this is mississippi mm. and every single member of staff 
loved her and I picked up that my mum treated people differently than the norm mm -hmm. in Mississippi in the 70s and I very vividly remember I never heard the n-word at home but you know it was the height of it mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. never heard the n-word at home uh, never was spoken about as being us and them or anything like that and the respect that I saw them they held my mum with and my dad with and the work ethic that they had is probably what I'm most grateful for because the same as Nadine I always say to my kids if it all goes to shit tomorrow we'll just go to Nana's house Mm. You know. When my when I I spoke at my father's funeral because it was which was one of the toughest things I had to do was because I, nobody else would do him justice mm. basically because I worshipped the ground he walked on and when I looked out and the funeral the the church was absolutely completely packed everybody I'd worked with in the factory was there mm. and they all just came up to me and said mm. your dad was amazing and he was incredible and and he would be so proud of you and he still would and then when I tell people that they always say oh, it's so sad that you're without your father and I said I had him for forty three years. And every single day, I am what he created. Yeah. I had different with my parents because my dad worked really hard. And he'd sort of come from a very nondescript background. And my mum came from a very privileged background. And she didn't work. And she sort of supported my dad when he had his kind of up and down because he was an entrepreneur. She was to be selling all jewellery. <laughs> oh, so you get your entrepreneurship from your dad. So my, everything comes from my dad in that way. And he always was quite Machiavellian. And he did keep slightly secret lives so he you know he, he kept quite a few things secret from us but my mum never worked but my mum also it wasn't like she was a never work stay at home mum she was a never work but I went to boarding school from six and a half to 16 and sometimes I spent the whole time in England and I didn't see them so she I wasn't that present my mother and so when I was in my teens I found it very difficult because I had not developed a relationship with my mother really and I didn't have a closeness with her and I always felt my dad favoured my older sister you know I kind of always felt they had this special relationship because I would always be a bit slightly sickly when I was younger and, and I would ask to be excused from the table early and my sister would sit there and chat to my dad who would regale her with stories of his life so she knew every element of my dad's life and then when my dad was much older, he was, um, I went away with him because he had to go and have an operation. And I was with him for two, no, my mum's having an operation. I was with him for two days, um, just him and I. First time in 40 years, just him and I sitting there. And, you know, chatted and, and he told me tons of stuff about his life. And I know that I definitely get that from my dad. So I'm very grateful I get that from my dad. He didn't once really say to me how proud he was of me. And I remember he died um, two years ago. And I found it tough with him at the end. And my mum, who's still alive, I have a, you know, I, I kind of will look after her, I'll take care of her. But I don't, to be really honest, I don't feel an intimacy with my mother. And so, therefore, as a parent, you really think, what am I going to be as a parent here? Because I've done the opposite. You're Lila the is with, that. you know, a, a mum who works tremendously. She knows how much I work because she can see it because of, mm -hmm. so you know, so, so she understands that. And she sometimes knows to get my attention. She'll chat to me about things that are slightly, you know, inter I'm interested in when she feels she hasn't got my attention. And otherwise, as a teenager, it's always about her. But she'll have those moments of clarity where she'll think, mm -hmm. let me just think of things. But so it's, it's a really tricky one because you think, what do I not want to inherit? What I don't want to inherit is from my mum of starting a little thing here or a little thing there, but never having a focus and direction. And would have really, because my dad was up and down, would have, if she'd had the money and the ability, would have left my dad at some stage in that relationship, but didn't mm. because of such circumstance. So it's kind of, they were, they are both 
one is still alive. Amazing people, but they're not me. And I didn't really inherit that many things from my mum and my dad. It's that drive. But um, you certainly broke the chain, though. Yeah, I broke see the you chain. with your kids and even your stepson, who you treat. I see and I know boys and how they are, and yeah. he adores the ground you walk mm. on. And I can and Lila looks at you the way that you would want a daughter to look at mm. you. So you've broken that mould. You're not that you know, Lila. 100% would never be able to say that about mm. you. So I'm grateful I've broken the mould. That's yeah. my gratitude, weirdly, then. I'm also grateful that my mother is who my mother is because I grew up wanting to be the exact opposite of my mother. Did you? Yeah, yeah who well, was I a 1950s were, yeah, housewife who yeah. never couldn't balance a checkbook and didn't know how yeah. to See, survive when my father yeah. died. Yeah. Yeah. And my her, yeah, entire, her entire life well, was... women, everything. Really, that's <laughs> yeah. it, that real... Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I got my sense of independence, <laughs> as in I looked... But you both got to the same place yes. through mm. totally opposite... All three of us, yeah. to a degree, you, fundamentally Anna? different. What about you with your parents? With my pet, well, what am I grateful for? Yeah, I mean, um, like when, when we just sort of... You know, if you look at your mum and dad, what did you inherit from your mum and what... What from your dad? I well, my my dad is very. I always um, joke that I he can't tell me off because if ever he tells me off something, it's exactly something that he would do. Okay, you're similar. So to I'm dad. very, very yeah. similar. To is him. that also because you're daddy's girl? Because Ava, Jim can't tell Ava off. She laughs. We. I would say I'm a daddy's girl. Yes, but also we clash mm. because I mean, you're so similar. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but they're both. I've learned I literally have learned so much from them but the thing I was coming around to with the grateful thing is the thing I'm most grateful for with them and my brother is that I I have a real safe place and a sanctuary with them but the thing I am grateful for is that so I've always had that they're both still with us my brother's around and my relationship with them has got really strong in recent years for various reasons but the thing I'm really grateful for and it sounds really arrogant but I am going to go there is me because I didn't realise I had autonomy until three years ago when things got very, very dark and mm. I got very, 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 very close to giving up. Mm-hmm. But by giving up, I mean going back to my parents' house and becoming a nuisance and just and yeah. just saying, I can't work, I can't do this anymore, I'm useless, mm. I'm, a, yeah. I'm a reject. It got very, very close and I pulled it back and I turned it around and so I, I have to be grateful for me. I always had their support and I always had them in the background that sounds really arrogant, doesn't it? You can no. call me a twat. No, no, no not at talking to three older women who are going, go on him, go on him. <laughs> no, uh, and for me, I, I'm, uh, I'm very proud of the fact that I haven't taken a penny off my parents since I was 21 and going back home is unthinkable. Mm-hmm. Unthinkable, yeah. but that's because I was raised to stand on my own two feet. Yeah. Like, that's all my parents, not my mother so much, but all my father ever wanted me for, for me because my father didn't have sons. Mm. He essentially just channeled everything through him. So because he didn't have a son, he basically just raised me in a completely genderless way or as much as he could for a man that was raised in a workhouse in Hull and was orphaned at a really young age um, and basically he was just yeah you can do whatever you want work really hard and you'll be fine don't mm. be don't be mantra. don't be limited yeah. by anything don't be limited by your class never let anybody judge you by your class never let anyone tell you you can't do never something never judge anybody yeah. by your your gender you mm. can do it you're amazing you, mm. you can do it I remember one thing and I still to this day joke with my father about it but at the time I felt very wounded by it I wanted to do theatre studies at A level and let's face it I could have won an Oscar by now you really could 
But he was insistent. He said, no, I pay your school fees. They work really hard to send me to private school. But that's an Asian thing as well, isn't it? Maybe, but then we've had this conversation. Like, he'd love you to have been... He'd love you to be a doctor or a dentist or a professor. So is your dad Asian? He's Sri Lankan. He's Sri Lankan, Okay. Hence Um, the gorgeous surname. I thought you were going to say hence the name. Hence also the gorgeous looks as well, yeah. yeah. But um, he said, no, no, I'm paying your school fees. You're going to do economics. And his reasoning was because... If you do economics, you will always have a career. You will always be able to make mm. money because yeah. that you will always be able to get a job. With theatre studies, I don't know what you would be able to do. But at the time, it felt like being throttled. It really mm. did. It was like, oh, but I wanted to be this person. And so for two years, I'd watch all these girls go off and do theatre studies and have all this amazing fun. And I failed at economics, obviously. And although I do, obviously, I was terrible <laughs> at it. Um, but But something stuck. No, what okay. stuck, what stuck, no, nothing, <laughs> nothing stuck, stuck Jenny. Right, what stuck. stuck was that my father wanted the best for me and yeah, he wanted right. me to have yeah, a safety yeah. net. And that comes with age, though. Looking back now, I realise that some of the things that I hated that my parents made decisions for me when you were younger, they always came from a place of love and wanting the best for me. Mm-hmm. But so, you know, I we, we have, there's a reason you end up doing what yeah, you yeah. do and I think we all have a little bit of a performer deep down inside of us, don't we? Yeah. And that was fine, but my parents never encouraged that side. They never encouraged the creative side of me mm. because in their world, creativity wouldn't pay the bills. Yeah. So my father encouraged me to go to university, but if I'd have said I wanted to do theatre studies, it'd have been a bit, oh, okay, maybe But there are do. plenty of Hollywood actors who are on ch- chat shows every week saying how their parents, even at the Oscar ceremonies, and, it, and funny enough, one of them, I think it was Riz Ahmed, Oh. His parents said, "Okay, but what about the accounting? Like, li- <laughs> yeah. like literally, like you know, to pinnacle of your career. You're at awards ceremony. You take your mum, and she looks at you and goes." Well, you didn't finish university. <laughs> but then, but also I suggest, I suspect we all have that moment. Like when I used to do this morning every single week, I'd come off air and my father would have VHS'd it or, you know, taped it or whatever it was. And I've still got all the tapes with his handwritten oh. notes on them all. Oh. I'll never get rid of them. But then I would come off and my mother would say, I've told you time and time again, Nadine, you really can't wear a strapless top. Okay, you're the that, tallest person okay. in the, you're the tallest person in the studio and you look like you're naked. Yeah. Or are you going to get your roots done, Nadine? So here's a funny story. I did QVC. Right for all for Eve years ago, over ten years ago, and I was the presenter, and we did a TSV, and that means today's 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 value. value. (laughs) And we've all been there. And you have to do like six or seven shows in twenty four hours, and you basically live at the studio. And it was the Christmas. It was also the Christmas I broke my coccyx. The the two are related, but we. It was the. Do you remember? It was twenty ten. It was that really bad weather. It was when we got snowed in at Christmas, and QVC do a charity day, and they do a big charity day, and they make a big thing of it to make themselves look good, frankly because it is past the posting date that makes Christmas. So they're not losing money. So basically on like the 22nd or 23rd, they do a huge charity thing, but your parcel is not gonna get there before Christmas. And that's why they can do it, right? Because normally it would be a really quiet day. So we got snowed in. We got totally snowed in and I said, oh, uh, we're backstage and it was me and it was Daniel Sandler. I love Daniel. Right? And someone, Tom from Alpha H brings out the Prosecco. Oh, right. naughty Tom. And they QVC, when you audition for QVC, they tell you two things. They say, don't lose weight and go on air as if you've had one or two drinks in a pub, just one or two. So you're a bit looser. But this time you took it literally. <laughs> so that you're a bit looser, but you're not slurring, right? So I um, so I had had maybe <laughs> two drinks over the course of the two-hour break between shows with Daniel and I think maybe Tom. Very giggly. So I went on, but I completely can hold it, hold it together. And da, 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 da. And two things happened. One, Alison Young's uh, mic 
backpack battery died so she couldn't speak now if you know qvc she speaks she speaks Alison is the queen of beauty yeah. and qvc and if she can't speak everything goes to shit luckily caroline was hammered so i just go into one and i'm like well when i use this body and if i can get my kids in the shower do you know what i mean like da 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 we sold more than we'd ever sold obviously <laughs> oh that is me sorry god sorry, it hasn't put the no. go on we sold more than we episode. I came off and they always have someone who's from the brand in the green room looking at the figures, mm-hmm. right? We came off and they went, bloody hell, that was amazing. What happened to Alison? <laughs> and I went, oh God, her bat. And in front of me, and I, this is how good I am on camera, in, right in front of me, I've got Alison Young's ass because the cameramen come out from behind. They're stripping her off to get the battery pack, which is under her dress on her knickers. Mm-hmm. Change, and while they're changing it, I have to do what you're never allowed to do at QVC and look to camera. Ooh. So I'm looking down the lens like Liz Earl always did and Lulu. You cannot tell Liz Earl and Lulu they can't look to camera, right? So I'm looking at the camera going, and when my son gets in the shower, you know, and I make like John the Baptist and get water on him and da-da-da-da-da. And they were like, you were talking to the camera and da-da-da-da-da and da-da-da-da. And then I came off, came into the green room. Oh, this is that's coffee. Coffee coming in. Look, it's yellow. Thanks. Came into the green room. Everyone was like, you did amazing, well done. I said, oh my God. And the producer came over and said, thank you, Caroline, for carrying it because Ali was livid and then she saw you were doing your thing. It was fine. I called my mum and she went, you were drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no. She went, you had pink cheeks and you wouldn't shut up and you were drunk. And that's what you want from parents. That's so In the same way that you want from a boss. You want somebody to be honest with you you want somebody to encourage you if you do a good job but to call you out on your shit yeah don't you write I, I've always said if I ever write a book my dedication will be to my parents and it will be to my biggest fan and my harshest critic yes yeah. that's brilliant <laughs> because my mother thinks the sun shines out of my backside so does my mum she thinks that I'm wonderful but oh, so does my dad too so I'm quite lucky but my dad does as well he absolutely I hope you do he thinks I'm awesome but he is not afraid to say yeah yourself, catch you out yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and also I, I absolutely think uh, you just need to be treated. A good boss is the same as a good parent. Absolutely, it's about encouraging them. It's about criticising them if they do something wrong, not falsely praising them for things that they do that are average because you're just going to set them up for failure when they get older, and just in, you know being supportive. It's, it's hugely, hugely important, mm. and that's what I tried to do with my friends. And you are, and I... Yes, they're your surrogate kids. We, yeah, we come back to it's it. True. We come it's back true, to it. Because I don't have children, listeners. We've said, it, we've said it earlier. You think you've said that you're Marmite. You are very strong. I wouldn't ask your opinion unless I wanted the truth. Trin is eating really quietly. <laughs> very well. Just I can't tell you it's ham and cheese on rye bread, and it's like... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I didn't have breakfast, so I'm like... I didn't have breakfast, and I also had this man this morning called Victor. Pardon? Can I, I, a man can I just say, Trini, if, if if everything falls out of the stackable makeup mm-hmm. line industry, yeah. you do know that you could be a dominatrix or a sex worker, phone sex worker with that voice, right? Yeah, I didn't know that, but oh, I was a good one. So sexy. <laughs> you could, you could two guns, by the way. Oh, no, I'm too much of a prude. Mouth of a doctor. No, I know. That's me. That's me. I'm a total prude. You know that feeling when you wake up and you think, oh, let me try and consider the concept of exercise. <laughs> so I had that because oh, I did it like... I did it sort of, I did it Pilates every day for about seven years. Then I did my neck in, had neck replacements, everything. This is what mm-hmm. Me and my shoulder. And, yeah, um, and uh, so that I then had two years off with painkillers and then back surgery. So then I started again, this is like three years ago, and I did little here and there, but nothing really. 
So I finally got to a rock bottom last week and I have a friend of mine, Lila's best friend's mum, does Tai Wu or Che Tai or, or <laughs> Chai Latte Sim or something, you know, like my Chai Latte, yeah. Ha Wei. Ha whatever. <laughs> and so she's, she was just, un- can I just say, my first cultivated younger friend, because she's 40-something. Yeah. Um, so I said, I want to do this. Mai Tai. Is it Mai Tai? Or is that a cocktail? That's, that's a cocktail. Carry on. But it's like Mai Tai. Sounds like Mai Tai. So anyway. <laughs> Muay Thai. It oh, is. Oh, thai boxing. Muay Thai. It's, yes. it's Thai boxing. But, but like a real, with a kind yeah, of it's hardcore. So Victor came this morning, Spanish, gorgeous, mm. really well-dressed. And he said, let me see if I'm prepared to take you on. Let me see you, <laughs> So then I said, okay. So we sort of did. Listen to that voice. And then, I, and then I kind of had to do things with boxing gloves and stuff. And I'd done boxing years ago. So I, want, I thought I was really showing off. And he went, you've got a long way to go. <laughs> and Because I, I, every two it, minutes, because I'm still smoking, every two minutes, I had to take a break. Because I haven't done cardio for about yeah. 19 years. Literally, I have not done cardio for 19 years. So, cardio. all right. So, so we did. I've done cardio boxing. since school, Trini. <laughs> so, Emma, Emma's not saying anything. she's a cardio queen. Hey. Probably runs. Yeah, she um, does. I was on the treadmill the other day. Yeah, she, she of course has me. started. With, I answered I it, and she went, "Oh fuck off, you fit bitch." <laughs> <laughs> and that's the relationship Guns and I have. So. I'll be that for you, Trini. Don't worry. So, so I'll abuse you over the phone. I landed with Victor. Is he looked me in the eye and he said, <laughs> I said, I really want to do it, really want to do it, I really want to do it. Um, can we, uh, we have to do it at 6.30 in the morning. Oh, my God. He said, I need you to commit to me. <laughs> I said, I'm there. <laughs> he said, two days a week, I need you to How commit. How handsome is he? Like, really handsome. Who'd play him in a film? Antonio Banderas, but he'd be better than Antonio Banderas. What, young Antonio. But when, my house very young Antonio when we did Temple Artis mm. 10 years ago, David. when it first started, every guy that did Temple Artis was really hot. Otherwise, there's no way I'd have been flat on my back with my legs apart. unless oh, they were. Sick. That's what you do. You're in stirrups, darling. <laughs> there's no way I'd have done that without David the, Higgins or Luke really Leesman. Right this was my Temple Artis, which was started by this man. But what was very funny about Temple Artis is, you go and I was single at this stage. I think I was between, you know, yeah. relationships. And and I was there's this bit where you kind of have you're on all fours yeah. and doing something. Ooh. And he came, you know, he'd come up and he kind You've of like done. adjust you. Yes, yeah. stroke. But he had to adjust my back and then stroke my back and leave. And I was thinking, did that happen or not? You know, <laughs> did that happen or, or did I just imagine it? So then I was thinking. I'm special and different. <laughs> you know, That's how they made you I feel. So then I'm sitting in a room with, with um, a few women who happen to attend this class. All quite interesting, different mm. women. And I go, how is Dave with you? And they go, like two of them sometimes, he does this special thing with me. <laughs> I go, oh yeah, is it this? We all were being... Do you know what David's doing now? So David doing left him. Thing with somebody yeah. else. No, he's doing special things with people like Gal Gadot and stuff like that. He basically trains people for supermodel superhero movies. That's what he does. Oh for yeah, that's thing. who I use. Oh. Yeah. I think I need to meet him immediately. <laughs> no, very happily married with two children. Oh. Anyway, I've committed with Victor. Oh. So I so shook his hand. WhatsApp well, group. We need to keep us posted, and we want a picture. I will, tomorrow. and I will actually send you a picture. No, it'll be Friday, and I'll send you a picture. But okay. I literally crawled after half an hour of just doing. Three little repeat things. I crawled to this um, podcast. I did. 
In no wonder you're starving as well, my darling. Oh, yeah, of course. That's Sorry. Oh. Yes, no, <laughs> the mm. Dean's pointing at my question. Mm. And now that Jenny's bought wafers, I'm going to start eating mm. caramel no, I like wafers. I it when, when it just organically goes off into these ridiculous Victor-based chats. Um, this is just turning into ASMR. Everyone's just eating. It's fine. Oh, Tran- Tranny and I... Tranny, tr- 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 sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. That a lot. Trini and I have been having the same discussion about we've... We basically have been circling around each other and I suspect we need to become really good friends because we've got so much in common. But our fitness journey is identical. Mm-hmm. Absolutely mm-hmm. identical. Have you got a rotator cuff injury too? No. no neck I have C3. And my, oh. Yeah, and mine was C4, C5 and they mm. collapsed. It's like that scene in Jaws where you just like got your neck out and your arm out. My arm went completely numb for six months. Oh. Oh. Show me the way to go home. That, that I'm tired and I want to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Jaws. Showing, yeah, that's what she just yeah. said. Keep off, darling. Eat your well, sandwich. Sure. You'll feel better in five minutes. Right. Oh, you're dreaming like I was a three-year-old then. I'm reacting <laughs> like one. You um, do that with your mouth closed. And, <laughs> and I'm going to ask you, who do you admire most in life and why? I never buy tea from coffee shops because it is nuclear. Um. Oh, God, I can't just choose one person. Well, I'm imagining Jane Fonda's in the mix at the moment. In different I'm fields. In different fields, yeah. like in different person, fields. In different fields. In different fields. If I can choose four or five, let's do them. Um, it would be somebody like... They would all be older women. Mm-hmm. Oh, Michelle ba- Obama's younger than me. But it would somebody, be somebody like Michelle Obama, uh, Jane Fonda, uh, Anita Roddick. Um, it would be, they, they would all be really powerful, mm. ballsy outspoken women um there wouldn't be a man among them no really no oh, i would have men who, who are yours okay and i love men okay um i'm gonna tap dance for a few more seconds while mm. caroline's following no and i um, absolutely ad- i absolutely adore men i wouldn't want a life without men men are essential to my happiness um but i am my heart and my soul mm. is automatically attracted to women yeah and powerful, outspoken women. Brilliant interview I listened to the other day with Jamie Lee Curtis, and she was talking about the new Halloween movie as essentially a metaphor for the Me Too movement and women being sick of this shit, and Michael Myers being the embodiment of all of that. And she said, but men, I love men. I'm married to a great man. Jim Cameron wrote the role. I think it was in True Lies for her. She said, some of my best, greatest opportunities have come from men. I don't hate men. I just thought it was something I'd I'd never heard anyone articulate it like. That was brilliant. I will find that and send it to you. Hmm. And well, what was your initial sharing. question? Um, who do you admire most in life? Um, ultimate people with work ethic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Absolutely, 100%. People with work ethic. Mm-hmm. I, I have no time for whingers. People who complain, unless you are literally, you know, someone who's in pain, don't get mm-hmm. me wrong, or you have real suffering, I understand that. But I always find people who have real, genuine suffering, either physically or with their families, they moan the least. They t- it tends to give you resilience and you kind of get on with it and you know um we're such a pull your boots up and get on with life couple yeah, aren't we, we? Are. Mm. um but in terms of sort of like uh f- you know famous people i don't look up you mentioned the o word it's all right yeah no i love oprah say. because oprah kind of um was pivotal she was the first person who had spoken on tv the way she spoke that it was perfectly mm. fine to say i'm having a shit day that it was perfectly fine to say I want to kill myself, my son's died and I'm not going to make it through the week. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, um, I was raped. Or, you Mm -hmm. know, she kind of brought that conversation into your living room. 
And I think uh, I think there's a real danger of the younger generations don't get the difference she made. Mm. Certainly when I was raising my two boys, who are now 27 and 24, because she would have people on how to raise boys. You know, mm. this whole, this whole, and I love men and I always, you know, I kind of have to, I love women and I love people in general. Mm. I think that's why I'm good in retail. I love people. I also detest some people. But most people, I think, What's and I swear most people are genuinely good. What do you detest? What don't you like? Uh, whingers, thieves, arrogance. Laziness. Laziness, I bore. Um, people who aren't loyal, backstabbers. You know, just the people, most people don't like. You know, just you just go around someone you think your karma is black. Get mm. away from me. <laughs> you know. I learned a good term the other day. Go on. You know, we were always talking about narcissists because I, Emma introduced, no, Jackie you, Ripley introduced me to a podcast about this amazing woman YouTube. that was talking about YouTube, about podcast. Dr. Romani. She's amazing. Who Emma's trying to get on. And I learned a new one the other day, malignant narcissist. Mm. So there's whole levels of narcissism. And that's what you're talking about, that malignant narcissist. Mm. We've also coined feminist to talk about feminists who aren't very nice to women. Oh, I hate that. People who pretend they love women and actually know that they talk about them all behind their back. Well, it's it's not so much that they talk about behind their back, but their level of feminism is so strict that it's a you-can't-sit-with-me feminist movement. You're not cool enough or smart Mm. enough and And you don't have a book deal. I'm like, of course I like men. I'm married to one. I've got three sons. Mm. Don't try and get me to hate men. I'm trying to raise them, Mm. you know? Both good ones. Yeah. Tony, who do you um, admire most? In you didn't actually name names, Caroline, apart from O, the big O. People with work ethic. I like that, though. It doesn't have to be a specific yeah. human being. People who just want to get on and have a good life and, you know, who don't blame other people for their problems. Mm. Mm. I don't like people who just want to blame others for that and don't own their shit. Mm. Own your shit. Have a work ethic. You know, shit happens to everyone. And I, you know, but you know, we're in 2018 and we live in a Twitter world. So I know that in saying that, I have to counteract it with, I'm not disregarding anyone who's been through real tragedy mm. or drama or anything like that. You know, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, it's the people who everything is someone else's fault. Mm. Oh, just get over yourself. It's man. heavy that energy. That's yeah. what I think when you're around it. Stop moaning, Jesus Christ. I mean, I'll walk away. I will literally just be like, oh, whatever. I, I, the energy drainers, energy vampires. And I will say this, death and, eaters, I will, and I will Harry admit Potter death eaters. before I hit the rock bottom, I was a massive whinger because I didn't realise that I could fix it. So I would just talk about it a lot. Mm. And I would think, well, if I talk about it and if I get you to agree with me, then maybe it'll be better. Mm. And the, the jigsaw pieces hadn't fitted. Misery loves company. Yeah. And I just think, you know, and also here's the big lesson. One of the people I admire who's men wise and tr- we have a 29, I know like this, Gary V. Because what I love about him, he's very repetitive. So if you watch him on YouTube, he kind of repeats himself a lot. But it, the, message, the message gets through because what he says a lot is no one gives a shit, buddy. Mm-hmm. No one gives a shit. We've all got our own stuff going on. No one wants to sit next to you hearing about how your job sucks, how your parents sucked, how this sucked. You know, no one gives a shit. You have to sort yourself out. Mm-hmm. That's what I don't get about a younger generation oversharing on Instagram. Because I totally understand going harping back to your that beautiful story you told about um, yesterday and what it meant to you and and sharing because you wanted to communicate but it wasn't something you felt you did. I don't share a lot personally about my life. My social media is professional, it's not personal. If somebody died in my life or if I lost a pet or anything, I wouldn't share it. Mm -hmm. And you, Caroline, are very similar to Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. When we went up to Trini's pop-up 
and Monty had gone missing and mm. you went, whatever you do, don't say anything. And I mentioned it to Trini and Trini then mentioned it on air. Where's your cat? Where's your like, cat? Is it all right? <laughs> so, and I don't understand because, and it's not that I don't want to share with my followers because I quite often share on DM my life. Well, in that case, somebody would see her cat. Yeah, no, yeah, well, no we that. totally get totally it. No, you're absolutely right, totally. but she'd had a million messages already. But what I don't understand is I just don't think people care that much. And I don't want to bore them because yeah. it's my shit and I've got to deal with it and I've got my close friends for that. I think that there is... I wouldn't agree with that always because I think sometimes by you sharing something allows somebody else to have a voice and share it. Oh, 100%. And, and but so I think they're I think two different there's, things. There's two slightly different things, but it's like, you know... I don't know. I don't know how much I share on... I share a lot I don't about, think you share a lot. Mm. I mean, I don't share what's going on. I hardly ever mention my partner. But when you were talking, and who do you most look up to? In it, I might have specific people, but I do most look up also to Charles. And that's mm. because he is at a very... You know, he's 20 years older than me, and I am doing now as a business, at the stage of my business, what he was doing 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. So even though it means I don't get to be around so much that our relationship is not in a place where I'm always home at five, you know, it's kind of like I get up at six and I come back at 7.30. He understands more than anyone else mm, yes. what it means, takes yeah. to build a brand to build a business. And to build a business. And so but also he challenges you, and I think Jim's He challenges me so much, mm. and he'll challenge me on... You know, there's stuff which he'll know more about than I will ever know. And there's stuff where it's of an era that he's not interested to learn to know, you know, which is technical things on social media. So he couldn't grapple with stories and lies and whatever. Why, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. and, and he didn't get it. So he's like, I don't get it. Mm. So not interesting to me. But, you know, bring it back to the most basic things. And investors. When, and, when I, mm. well, not, not even investors, because fundraising is something that's kind of my bag. Mm. But just like he'll say to me, like I'm designing my stand at the moment and I've got tons of mini stacks like as as things and he goes but where are the stacks and I go what do you mean I said I've got the pillars I got this, but where are the stacks where are the actual you got products? the individual product where are the stacks mm. you know do you not remember one thing so he'd be really tough with me mm. and and then I'll be like you know how can I be so goddamn stupid that in this whole stand which I spent two months designing suddenly because I threw out something that could look like Charlotte Tilbury with the looks because I happen to have done that 20 years before in a book but I'm bringing this thing back of you know you do it by your um by a kind of look and that's a stack um I then took out the stack throughout the baby so then mm -hmm. he was like oh mm. and so he tough will, love he is will so be very though. tough with me. Yeah. And probably in a weird way, that's similar to how my father would have been with me. Mm -hmm. And it's only not because it's a father syndrome, it's purely because my dad my dad and Charles probably are, are ten years apart. So it just it's more similar. But but I would really respect my dad's decision. And that element of respect is an interesting word because mm -hmm. respect can be when it's a woman to a man be deemed but I just respect him. Like mm -hmm. I respect my 18-year-old irritating nephew because he's, you know, got a voice, has a certain confidence, will always come up with an answer, is like a Duracell battery and kind of can t actually maybe teach me something. Yeah. So I shouldn't be as arrogant to presume, which we might have been done 30 years ago, where we think an 18-year-old could never teach you anything. They've got to learn it. They've got to get the experience, mm. you know. So 
Well, I kind of key, I actually. do. I, I do think, think I feel that's... bad when I hear women, you know, moaning about their partners on social media. That's yeah. That's to me. I would never. Jim would mm. leave me in a heartbeat, mm. and I would leave him. Yeah. Where's your respect if you're yeah. slagging off your partner on social yeah. media? Who does that? And mm, I, yeah. I tell you, does it younger people? Mm. <laughs> younger people. You never see people our age. Those who, millennials. Yeah. Like don't don't do it. Why would you? And also, why are you with someone you have no respect for? That yeah. tells me I have no respect for my, yourself. My bugbear is. Um, young mums with two young children going on about how difficult parenting is. Please don't talk to me about Nadine, you know it's my bugbear. It's my bugbear massively. So they'll do that whole oh god, I can, I'm just absolutely exhausted. I've had to get the three kids to school I've no today. Sleep. I've got no sleep and I've got the day off and I must go into uh, Waitrose. Waitrose or Zara and I'm like, uh, yeah my mum used to drop us off at the corner of the road, we walked to school and then she went to work in a factory. Get over yourself. No one and my mum never that's, complained. That's Don't she stop never complained. complained. Yeah. You're so people... privileged. Also, I have friends that couldn't have children. Yes, yeah, Just up. take your head out of your ass for yeah. a second yeah. and realise what you're yeah. moaning about. You're in such that, a position I mean, of privilege. I will, I will complain about my kids in the way that... In it, a very funny way. In a way that is... <laughs> very clear that I adore them yeah. would die for them I call yeah. you mama bear but mm. they irritate the shit out of me because we're human I'm mm. not going to do airs and graces they can be annoying as no but you never complain about being a mum no god no yeah. it's my absolute dream it's my mm. life's privilege I just I don't know I don't know don't make her cry throw the tea on her if need be she can't cry she's screaming oh, well, to be fair I was at a funeral 24 hours ago so yeah. I'm very heightened emotions and I think all three of us we just there's that sense of Realizing that you're you are in a position of privilege, so be careful mm-hmm. about what you criticize yeah. or moan about in your mm-hmm. life because it's very much first world problems. Can I, can I be really bitchy for two seconds? Because mm-hmm. I know you're yeah. all gonna laugh. Yeah. My favorite is a 25 year old who's been in a relationship for six months giving a relationship advice video on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Come back to Literally me after 25 years, 30 years yeah. next year. Yeah, like, come on, well, mate. you're setting yourself up for six months later. It's our breakup video. <laughs> One of my friends um, was criticised by a pregnant, fem- pregnant female colleague, obviously female, um, for not using a keep- not necessarily not necessarily of mm, course just- for not using a keep cup, and the response was, "I'd have to use this twice a day for ninety-four years to um, create a hundred grams of uh, non-carbon dioxide." Your baby's going to have a carbon footprint of nine and a half thousand tons. <laughs> so you lost me as a keep cup. These cups you tap, travel around with you in your bag and you give them to the person who's coffee, making your coffee so that you glass. keep your own cup. You don't use plastic. <coughs> See? <coughs> okay, i got to go now. <laughs> I really, I seriously have. I have Erica Davis in my taxi in three minutes. Cr- Is she going, meeting you downstairs? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. she will come and say hello. Oh, come and say hello. Oh, she used to be my uh, do the fashion on the sun. Yes, I know. When I did a did. column on the sun. Adored her. Adore her. She's she fabulous. Has an excellent Instagram feed. She has a fantastic Instagram feed. She is feed. so stylish. Talk it's about really somebody. offensive. I know Talk she's about really somebody who editorializes her feed brilliantly yeah. though. But yeah, she's also a nice person. Mm. Thank God. You I don't know. have to be a twat. I know she's so nice and I love oh. the what she writes. Mm. She's great. She's, she's a great brilliant writer. She's really great. Are we carrying on or we're not? Well we've got the studio until one. Is um, it not one? Oh, we've got three minutes one, then. But I don't oh. know if anyone's coming in immediately afterwards, so we can maybe... Will you give Erica our love? Yes, I will. So I'm going to leave and you're going to talk about me. We are. No, oh, we're going to do a WhatsApp so And it's going to be called Victor. Yes. Victor. Victor, hashtag Y. Victory. Yes. Oh. That's oh, our WhatsApp journalist, group. Okay. We're going to start Victor. one. Also, if we do talk about you behind your back before you turn up, we'll just be able to listen it's to the podcast. I mean, <laughs> of course, darling. Come on. Yeah, but Victor's going to help me give birth to my baby. Oh, because you're not eating. It's like, 
Oh, please. But I tell you what I do watch. She means a food baby, by no, the way. Food baby, but, like, you know, that's why I shouldn't eat bread. Birth to a baby. I mean, I know I'm skinny. She's showing us her tummy now. Oh, because I came in and you were got great skin. And then you they just go. Skin. You know, I have one bit to eat. Anyway. I'm do you take probiotics, Drinny? So many. I take oh, okay. a rattling amount. Of course of you do, because of Shabir. Yeah, I mean, I just, I literally take 13, I take about 38 vitamins a day. Um, and a lot of people, I did do one or two on Instagram, take them, people were just saying, literally, I can hear you rattle. That's how many I do. Also, I just say, whatever you get your energy from, I want, because yeah, you just yeah, do yeah. have the well, physical energy of an 18-year-old. flower, sage, cherry, <laughs> probiotic, super digestive enzymes, <laughs> magnolia, I've said that already, oh, Jules just sent skin enhancing about. properties, something, um, some green tea extract. That's oh, a lot, it's a lot of green tea, is it? I think someone's so looking through the window, so when right, you, you pop out, we'll, we'll I'm coming! Say. Are they, are they calling you or are they calling us? Oh, I don't know. They might be calling us. Oh, I want to see that silver jacket, that Baco foil jacket I was by. Okay, okay. Right. where are we going? Yeah. Okay. It's a wrap. All right. Um, thank you, Trini. Thank you, Caroline. Thank you, Nadine. This has been the Emma Gum Show. We might sort have to do of. it again. Yeah. <laughs> we need a part two to this. We putting the world to rights for angry Great. women. Thanks, ladies. Fantastic. Oh, superb. Come say hello. Oh, let's come say hello. Oh, Thank you so much for listening. I really hope that you enjoyed that. If you would like to get in touch with me, all you have to do is email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com or you can slide into my DMs on Instagram and Twitter where I'm at Emma Guns. If you would like to chat to me and thousands of other listeners of this podcast, then all you have to do is join the Facebook group. The link to join is in the show notes, which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. And we would love to see you there. You have to answer a couple of questions, agree to the forum rules, but then you will be welcomed in with open arms. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you on the next one. <laughs>